Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a muggy Monday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller. To talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for tuning in uh, here this morning. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. We will start, uh, first of all, with Nick Oson, covers Iowa State. Uh, they had a, uh, a big recruiting weekend. They signed a kid pretty late in the process, but uh, a junior college player. It's got four to play three. We'll get the latest on that and other Cyclone-related topics with Nick Oson coming up at about 10.30. I uh, wasn't planning on doing this, but I didn't think Mo Donegal would win the Belmont. <laughs> And my bank account said likewise. Uh, but Jerry Crawford, one of the primary, well, he is the face of Donegal Racing and an Iowa owner, uh, won the, one of the classics, one of the American classics. So we'll talk to Jerry Crawford about that. Uh, Mo Donegal winning the Test of Champions. The Belmont Stakes, the longest race, a mile and a half. He's coming up here at about 10 minutes before 11. Matt Snyder will talk baseball with Trent and I to kick off hour number two, cbssports.com. A lot of baseball conversation. I love this segment with Matt Snyder. We'll get into MLB, what we've seen over the last week. And then Scott Dockerman wrote a really good piece. Did you? I know that you're Mr. What do you call it? Mr. Mom this yeah, week? Your wife's out of town single at the dad. conference. <laughs> for the week, and uh, and it's all on your plate, TC. So you may not have read Doc's incredible look inside recruiting in the state of Iowa with, I think it's five or six anonymous high school coaches from every corner of the state. How Iowa State handles things, how Iowa handles things, what recruiters get their attention, what school comes into our state makes... Eh, kind of we're better than you type of thing. Shouldn't be a bit of a surprise. I'm assuming you'll be able to figure that out. It's a Big Ten school. Any thoughts? Ohio State? No. Michigan? Yeah, you're going the wrong way. Nebraska? There you go. But it's a really, um, it's a good piece. And I'm not a recruiting, not into it like some are, mm-hmm. right? But it's, it's, a, it's a good uh, look inside the world of recruiting with uh, a bunch of high school coaches, and all of whom have been high school coaches for 20 plus years. So they go back over, well, not in Ference's case, I was going to say <laughs> number of regimes, uh, but certainly at Iowa State. So Scott Dockerman will join us at uh, 11.30, and then uh, we will hear from uh, Trent Condon with his play of the day, Circus Sports Sponsors. Basketball tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of a sudden we have a series. We've got a Stanley Cup final that starts on uh, Wednesday night. I backed the wrong team, Trent Condon. I do not have a single freaking ticket on Tampa Bay, and I don't know how they'll lose. And you had a lot of tickets. I had a lot of teams covered. Plenty of Colorado. Yep. You plenty of Carolina. Minnesota. New York Rangers. Um, Calgary Flames. Toronto Maple Leafs. Of course, I bet the Jets every year. Uh-huh. Um, so you had it covered. I thought. 
I thought. And you I, still have half of it covered. I do, but I just, uh, that's such a huge edge in the goaltending uh, battle uh, in favor of Tampa Bay, and they know how to win. Um, but we'll see. I hope it's a good series. And Tampa Bay is getting what plus money right now, plus a buck sixty, plus a buck sixty-five. But let's start with the basketball. Uh, we'll do. We'll get into the baseball as, as well, as I really thought that. Um, boy, the Cardinals. Milwaukee went on an eight-game losing streak, mm-hmm. and yes, the Cardinals closed ground and took the lead. But I wonder if they'll look back on this and think they could have done more damage. They're playing very well. Can't say the same about the Brewers. Cubs are an absolute joke, an absolute joke uh, of a franchise right now. Um, but let's start. Uh, let's start basketball-wise with all the way back to Friday night. Golden State, who was down what five or six after the first twenty-four minutes of the game, uh, and then. Um, their standard third quarter. But even more so in the fourth, which was surprising yeah. to me. So the zigzag theory continues, and I think it's going to continue tonight. We'll get to that later in the show. But mm-hmm. when you look back at the Friday performance and, and watching Steph do what he does, and for all intents and purposes, is this, is this a signature moment for as great of career as he has? A guy that has changed the way basketball is played during his career. He is an all-timer. Mm-hmm. Is this a performance that we are going to remember? Yes. But I don't think he needed it for his legacy, which was the talking point prior to the series. Which is so ridiculous. It it is. And it was ridiculous. I thought to say that. I mean, I get why people... Maybe maybe the thought process was kind of where we're going, that he's got a chance to um, solidify his place Mm. in the game. And maybe that's what they were trying to say, but I don't think he needed to do this in order to be talked about as as one of the all timers. If Steph continues this path, he had forty three on Friday night, forty three or forty one, forty three, yeah, and he was efficient, and he was mm-hmm. he was just unbelievable, and and he stayed out of foul trouble. Although he did pick one up early, but he's had foul trouble throughout this playoff. He was John to the crowd. Yeah, he was I mean, mm-hmm. engaged and enjoyable and just everything. It was the full Steph Curry experience. MVP. We've had disagreements about MVP awards in the past. And if Boston wins this thing in seven, and Steph continues at this level, we really don't have a second score. Clay's had moments. He's looked a little better defensively here Mm -hmm. the last couple of games, but it's not the Clay Thompson we're used to. Nope. Draymond's a shell of himself. Yep. You know the second best warrior has been, in my opinion? Pool of times. Wiggins. Yeah, both, both ends of the floor. But he's not a consistent scorer. Either. No, no, absolutely. It's so, a, it's a it's a it's a big gap between him and Curry. But but what he's done defensively, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't think he had he he didn't want to play defense. No, not at all. And to change that and mm-hmm. to untap that because he knew the potential was there, mm-hmm. but never thought it was going to happen. Right. They lose in seven. Clay, if they lose in seven, can you make Steph Curry the MVP of the series? What does he do in the final three? Because he can same thing, same thing, same thing. He he has three mm-hmm. more excellent games. There's mm-hmm. no drop off. There's no clunker. There's no mm-hmm. six of twenty two, and they get blown out against Tatum. Tatum hasn't been great. He hasn't either. And and let's throw that caveat yeah. in there because yeah, if the Celtics win in seven and Tatum's great, right? And he's thirty five, thirty one, thirty eight. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty easy. Right. But he is. Just who he is, and there isn't, there isn't a guy. You can't even go mm-hmm. to Jalen Brown. Is no, it? Smart's been Smart's. I mean, if I if I'm gonna if I'm gonna blow up Wiggins, which I just did, I have to do the same with Smart. Mm-hmm. 
uh, for both ends of the floor. I bet. Uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I think I see where you're going. And I'm coming around. Are you trying it. to talk? Your, well, you can't bet it in the state. Yet. You can't yet. July 1st? <laughs> July 1st. Yes. <laughs> we'll be able to be talking to MVP when we get to uh-huh. World Series. That'll be our first yeah. big one that we'll have to have. I've been pretty steadfast throughout the years. It is most valuable player. The Final Four is most, most outstanding player. Mm-hmm. That is what the name of the award is. For season long and for finals, it is most valuable player. And I think that word is important. We're not looking for the best player. It's, that's something completely different. In baseball, you got the silver slugger. You got other awards mm-hmm. for the best player. Most valuable is did you help your team win? Now, in this fashion, you get it to seven because you can make the argument with Steph. Yeah, they didn't win it, but you take Steph out this team, they get swept. Oh, it crushed. might be 4 1 yeah, at best. So value there, at least the value is they got two, maybe three more wins than they would have minus Steph Curry. So I'm coming around a little bit on that. My argument more than anything is certainly regular season. I don't like Andre Dawson winning the MVP. I don't like Mike Trout winning MVPs because those teams stink. Mm -hmm. And guess what? You take them off, they still stink. Right. The word value, valuable. Mike Trout was good last night, by the way. He was. (laughs) And he's been really good. Mic'd up, I mean. I'm talking about when he had the microphone on him. Anyways, yeah. That is so important to me, the word in there. If you mm-hmm. want to make it MOP, which the Final Four does, and I think many of these leagues should do, that's a different conversation. But value, I'm at least slowly coming around here in this scenario that Steph, even in a losing effort, the first Denver MVP in the finals, they gave it to Jerry West in a losing effort. And he was great in that one. And I'm coming around to the idea, at least in a series, that the most valuable player can be from a team that didn't win. Well, um, he's been fantastic, and it was on full display in the final 24 minutes of the game the other night. It was uh, it was really good. It really was. I, I thought Boston would win the basketball game, as I said. Uh, mm-hmm. You were all over the uh, playing the zigzag here. Yes. I'm guessing you'll be coming around tonight. It'll be Boston, and it'll go back to Boston for perhaps a clinch in Game 6, but I think we're going to see basketball throughout the week. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think that this thing is going to... Um, uh, conclude in anything other than seven games. Setting up a yeah Father's Day night. Get that. Hey, this is what U.S. I want for Opens Father's over. Day. Yep. For Father's Day, I want to watch television all day long. Yep. Think that'll work? Well, it doesn't matter. every day. Well, yeah, but days that end in Y. <laughs> uh, but the kids are growing up. You're a little different story at yeah. the Condon household as, as it is. You know, speaking of golf, Trent, uh, did you happen to hear or see any of Jay Monahan and Jim Nance uh, the uh, little get together that they had? Because Monahan had not spoken publicly mm-hmm. other than in his release. Um, this tour is in trouble. I, I hate to say it, and when I let me preface it by saying it's in trouble. I don't think we've seen the end of the Exodus. Yesterday's tournament. Are the um, what was the Canadian Open? The purse was eight million dollars, mm-hmm. twenty million dollars in the other tournament. Um, the guy that that made the cut but finished last made seventeen thousand dollars. Is that what it was? Yeah, the guy who finished last in the live this week made one hundred twenty thousand. The guy who won the tournament four million dollars. Roy McIlroy one point five million dollars. Money's the big equalizer. If they get a television network, and you have to believe that there's some, I don't know what it was, um, a live PD's back on the uh, on the air, <laughs> on some network I'd never heard of, I don't think. But you're all into it. I loved live live PD. Yeah. I did. I, I, I enjoyed the show, and I'm looking forward to it coming back again. But somebody picked that up because it was a ratings winner. Mm-hmm. And is it Reels, maybe? Is that what it is? That sounds, yeah. That is a I've network, seen that. Right? Yeah, if they through. get a network, I don't think it needs to be ABC, Fox, 
you know, one one of the big ones. I just think it needs to be on TV. And if it is, I can understand why Jay Monahan's looking over his shoulder mm-hmm. because he's seeing his guys walk out the door, and there'll be more of them after the U.S. Open this week, in my opinion. We haven't seen the end of the exodus. Big names continuing to go. Mm-hmm. And once once we get a young name, mm-hmm. a big, uh, a big like uh, Jordan Spieth. Yeah, yeah. One of the young stars. Right. Xander Shoffley, mm-hmm. Colin Morikawa, those kind of guys. Now, we've heard them be pretty steadfast in their what they've said that they are not going there. But, yeah, but so did DeChambeau and yeah. so did Dustin Johnson. And we've heard a lot of those uh-huh. guys say the same thing, and then Buddy talks. Yep. Rory afterwards, throwing some barbs at the Live Tour, <laughs> yeah. including at Greg Norman, at yeah. Greg Norman, which was great. Yep, I just absolutely loved that. Mm-hmm. But he he's also said throughout the week that you know if you're making a decision that it's all about money, more times than not you're going to be making the wrong decision. He he's a guy that is, for all intents and purposes, today the face of the PGA Tour, and he has said the right things mm-hmm. and. Is this going to lead to a change of the structure of the PGA? Absolutely. I think it has to. They're going to have a choice. Those purses are Uh going to have to change, and you're going to maybe not keep up with them, but you need to get close Mm -hmm. to what we're seeing on the Live Tour. I don't see it being a death knell. I I really don't. I still struggle to see. And if it's on, I don't know, some random channel 311 on DirecTV, you going to get there very often? Mm Mm-hmm. No, but I didn't watch. A, I didn't watch a shot of the Canadian Open yesterday. I See, watched I watched baseball, and I was into it a lot. I watched Saturday, and I was very surprised as they opened up the coverage, and it's Feldo and Jim Nance talking about the Live Tour. Really, they talked for boy, it had to be seven, eight minutes. Just them two is about maybe ten, fifteen after the hour. And what was the tenor? Just talking about it, not deriding it, uh-huh. not calling it a joke, right? None of those kind of things, just yep. talking what's happening there. Yep. And, and it was shocking, absolutely shocking to me to hear that kind of conversation. Not throwing barbs, not making fun, mm-hmm. not doing those things, but just talking about what's happening there. And I thought some very, though measured responses, as you'd anticipate with Nance, those two. Yeah, right. and certainly with Nance. It was measured, but they were talking. I didn't think we'd hear one mention. Yeah, it's interesting. And that is how, mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, after showing a couple of shots, that's what they talked about at the top. And that the first would be CBS like podcast. us if a, if a legitimate threat came for KX and O, mm-hmm. and no offense to the other two, but they're not. And um, and we talked about them. And talked about them for a while. Right, right. Not a shot. Right. Not Nothing like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. I, I was a completely, in fact, I was more surprised. Now, <laughs> you met your boy to hand. Eddie, did you hear, see the response? Well, let me answer your question with the question. Like, come on, yeah. be, be prepared. No, he wasn't good, Trent. No. He was not good. I mean, he's, you have your talking points right there. I'm and sh- a friendly face is asking. Yeah. It's not like Jim Nance. No. This isn't Jim Gray. Right. Yes. This is not what it is. You're going to get a softball uh-huh. of the softball. Uh-huh. I mean, this is tossing it up there. Let me there. put this on the tee. And he swung and missed a couple of times. A couple of times. Mm-hmm. That was that should have been a much different right. conversation than it turned out. They're to be. looking over their shoulder. The PGA yeah. Tour is. They have to come up with something and and do so very quickly because there's going to be more exits. There's going to be more once these once the players. Oh, we'll let those guys go over. I'll watch it from afar for a couple of weeks and I'll say all the right things. But then when they see, they see it's legit, then they see that the checks cash. Of course, they're going to. Um, There'll be more. There'll be more. And if if a if a big name 
not a guy in his 30s or his 40s. No, no offense, Louis Eustizen. Yeah. It's that hell of a career. Mm-hmm. You know, he really has. Uh, Lee Westwood, eh, these right. guys are done, right? Dustin Johnson's coming to the end. But if you get one of these 20-somethings, um, Justin Thomas. Poof. You know, Sergio Garcia, we're not going to miss you. Right. Love the name. It love took the a story. Long Glad time he won the Masters. Yeah. You know, right? It was great. It was he married or his fiance at the time? It was great to see. Um, you know that they fi- he finally got that uh, bugaboo and he and was able to capture the tournament. It's what it's I want to see is the next tournament for the live. They'll be stateside in Portland, correct? Yes. Yeah. And you know what it is? It's the uh, is it July Fourth weekend? I think it is. Yeah. Yes. And it, they end on Saturday, so it'll be the Thursday, Friday, Saturday of July Fourth mm-hmm. weekend in Portland. And see, A, what the crowds are. Because uh-huh. everything you hear from over in London, they're giving away tickets. Mm-hmm. They were trying to get as many people there. It was right. a party atmosphere. It was You didn't hear people cheering shots either. I mean, they're out there partying. If you went, and there weren't many that were there. Kind of like the Phoenix tournament, is that what you mean? Well, but just not the same scale. What I do mean, you call it? Waste management? Yeah. If, if you had 120th of the amount uh-huh. of people, um, maybe 1 100th of the amount of people, but they had a bunch of things set up. They mm-hmm. had mini putt-putt for the kids, and they had... Like uh, green set up with nets where you hit flop shots and hit out of sand, and they it turned into a party atmosphere. And if that same thing happens in Portland, who shows up? All of a sudden, if you get ten thousand people mm-hmm. there, that's a different conversation. So, as I've been throughout this whole one, initially I thought it was a big nothing. Now I know I have to pay a lot more attention yeah. to it. And here's the other thing, Trent. And here's the other great equalizer. If you can pick up your phone mm-hmm. and you can log on. And you can bet on the live tournament yeah. in Portland in two weeks or three weeks, whatever it is. Is it two weeks? Three, whatever. Two and a half weeks. Um, if you can bet on this thing, and I bet you're going to be able to. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, if there's a demand for it, mm-hmm. they're going to put they're they're going to put a number beside it, and that is going to even uh, elevate it further in some people's mind. Let's get the baseball from over the weekend as we wrap it up. Mention the uh, boy, the, the Cubs are just uh, they're embarrassing right now, is what they are. Give them credit, uh, I guess, on Friday night mm-hmm. for the 13 in, inning affair. affair. The um, runners left in scoring position. They set an all time record, forty something. For, uh, in the forties, left on base, um, runners in scoring position, and they couldn't they couldn't move one across. And then they got blown out on Saturday, got crushed again yesterday. Uh, Frankie Schwindel ends up pitching uh, in that game. It's just it, it's rock bottom for a franchise. And as and as many have pointed out, and I know this will be Cappy's biggest. It was as big as beef last week. It'll be the same this week. This is a big market. Yes, this is a big market. This isn't Tampa Bay. This isn't Kansas City. He's won a World Series uh, recently, as we were. And it's a big market, not like the White Sox. Correct. They're the Cubs. They're the Cubs. They're the team. They're the team with the money. Absolutely, and the ballpark that everybody wants to visit. Um, and for them to be this bad. Look, the Cardinals, year after year after year. What did we say was 2007, the last time that they finished below 500? Yeah. That's remarkable. Consistency, a right organization that knows how to build a baseball mm-hmm. team. And then you have this fledgling outfit. You you build your own TV network, which is supposed to bring millions mm-hmm. into, the, into the fold. And this is what you get? Now, to, to be fair to them, in one respect, they debuted during covid Right, they did. Yeah, yeah. And last year wasn't good, and this year has been absolutely brutal. How do you how do you invest two and a half hours to watch that? How do you? You don't. I mean, you, it's hard. How hardcore do you have to be to to sit down and not want to change your channel and want to watch your uh, watch your squad? How many times can you go down with that ship? You're down ten one at the end of the third. Mm-hmm. 
You're going to stay with that? No. The starting pitcher on Saturday gave up six solo home runs before David Ross finally came and got him. Yesterday, the quick hook hook for Keegan Thompson. Right. You know, I didn't see the first first innings. He wasn't hurt. I wondered if there was an injury there. Because they had that with Miley. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, Miley left the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the bullpen was really good, Mm -hmm. but then how taxed it was going into the weekend, and that's when you get Frankie Schwindel out there throwing pitches. Now, what's the holdup on Caleb Killian? He was good in the start that he had. And they sent him right back down here. I had more seasoning. I don't know. They don't want to. I, I don't know. I mean, Matt Schwarmer, again, six home runs he gave up, six solo shots on Saturday. What's the holdup? Why not get him up? Right. Why play Jason Hayward? Absolutely. We have passed the point mm-hmm. of no return on that one. Has he got pictures? Has <laughs> <laughs> he got some information on the Ricketts family? What's going on here? Because, yes, the contract's huge. He's bad. He's a bad baseball player at this point in his mm-hmm. career. And you got to see with the young guys. You just have to give an opportunity to see for, and not even the young prospects, but even those mid-range guys, those guys that are 28, 29 years old in AAA and looked at as a quad-A player. Well, maybe something pops. You just don't know. But to continue to chase Hayward out there for... 350, 400 at-bats. What is that doing for your organization? It's a waste. Um, What I spent yesterday doing is I watched Dodgers and the Giants. Boy, what a fun fun series. What's wrong with the Dodgers? I know John Bonecamp, we had him on. Everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. They've lost, what, 9 of 13? Yeah. They're they're not playing well right now. Giants... uh, that was uh, obviously they they swept them. That was big for them as they tried to get back into this thing. But the Dodge, the Dodgers, there's something wrong with this team. And now Bueller's wasn't it Bueller who came out over the weekend. Yeah, didn't sound like it was anything significant. At mm-hmm. least that's what they said initially. But it's a pitcher. We know how fragile they certainly can be. I'm still at the point where I'm never going to hit the panic button. Was it last year? Yeah, it must have been last year. Maybe it's 2019. One of the years where they had like 11 game losing streak. And we freaked out, and then they were fine. And and I understand the the thought process. They're just too talented. It's a long grind. Mm-hmm. You're going to have bad weeks. Even the best of teams are going to have bad weeks. There's going to be a time, as good as the Yankees are looking right now, mm-hmm. where they're going to lose six out of seven, and people are going to start freaking out and mm-hmm. say they peak too early and and those kind of things. It just that's baseball. These weeks are going to happen, and I'm still with her, there with the Dodgers offensively. Credit to the Giants pitchers. They really shut yeah, down that lineup. They that, did. That has been rounding into form and been looking really yeah, speaking good. Speaking of rounding into form, you know who's rounding into form again? The defending champs have won 11 in a row. Look out. <laughs> Look out for the break. But the Mets are just... Uh, that's what I watched last night. Did you watch much of Sunday Night I didn't, Baseball? No. They put a microphone on Mike Trout. He was it was really good. And he's ripping ESPN's fantasy site for causing all the problems. And he realized he was on ESPN and uh, <laughs> uh, such such. such it, it was really good to hear from one of the faces of the game uh, with the microphone on. But this Mets team, look what they're doing, and look who they're not doing it with. Yeah, they're going to get Scherzer back. Now they might get Degrom back, or they might not. And mm-hmm. if they get him back, they may get him back for a game or two, and then he might be gone again. But um, I don't know. The Dodgers, they don't look like the cinch that most thought that they were prior to the beginning of the season. We'll take a timeout. More baseball coming up at 11.05. Matt Snyder is going to join us. Uh, just real quick, the uh, I, I saw a lot of Twitter from the uh, Cyclone, uh, the McCarney event yeah. over the weekend. Pretty, with the Letter Winner Club. Yeah, with the Letter Winner Club. Pretty cool event. Uh, just all of those... Shows a what McCartney meant to them as players, and what he still can. We talked a little bit about this on Friday. It's um, I don't want to say unheard of, but for a guy to be, you know, to put get the program 
to where it was at, and then be asked to leave. But it still keeps coming back because Iowa State still means something to him. And obviously, there's a bunch of people that Dan McCartney means a lot to that uh, root for the Cardinal of Gold. But yeah, pretty remarkable weekend. Do we need a statue for Dan McCartney? Is that too much? I don't know. I know there's a wing of the new football complex that's going to be named after him. Mm -hmm. And the Letter Winner Club was the ones that that put that together and Mm -hmm. raised the money to do that. Maybe a statue's too much. I think it is. A plaque? Something. Something at Jack Trice. Something Mm -hmm. to, to understand what this guy did. How he pulled them out of... The doldrums of college football. They're a laughing stock. And made them relevant. Uh-huh. There's gotta be something. There's a, yes, you look at the overall record, it's not great. I get that, but younger youngsters don't understand Iowa State football, just how bad it was. And it went from bad to worse in the eighties and into the early nineties. <laughs> it was brutal. Mm-hmm. And what it turned into, you have to have the guy that started it and said, Yes, you can win here. Mm-hmm. And yes, you can beat your right into him. And we can compete at the highest levels in our conference, in our division of the old Big 12 North. You can do that, and Dan McCartney showed that. They're, First they're, ever bowl win. There needs to be more. I th- there needs to be something. I yeah. don't disagree. I'm not sure what it would be. Probably not a statue. That's Man, it's probably, we're, we're probably not the two to ask. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm not a big statue guy. Boy, there's just got to be something. I agree with you. All right, coming up, uh, we'll talk to Nick Olson. He covers Iowa State, CycloneAlert.com, big recruiting weekend uh, for uh, for the clones. We'll do that with Nick. Uh, Jerry Crawford, part of Donegal Racing. They won the Belmont Stakes on Saturday. Uh, um, we'll talk to Jerry about that. If you could only, I mean, he still hasn't won the race he wants. The Derby. The Derby. The Kentucky Derby. It's the biggest yes. race in the world. If if. When you you know you you play at that level, the question you always get asked, whether you're a jock, whether you're a trainer, whether you're an owner, is you ever won the Derby? Yeah. <laughs> it, that's it. Um, Nicholson next, Miller and Condit, Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three. Eight hundred bets off. Now back to Miller and Condit on fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six point three FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Condon, welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. In about 15 minutes, Jerry Crawford will join us. I'll relive uh, his Saturday afternoon. Pretty special uh, for him and his group. At 11.05, we'll talk some baseball with Matt Snyder, Scott Dockerman on Iowa Course Doc Rights for the Athletic. Right now, Cyclone Alerts. Nick Olson joins the program. They, I believe, have a 60% off sale. Let's start there, Nick, so we don't run out of time. Want to give you plenty of opportunity to uh, to promote what you got going over there. Is this indeed a, a pretty good time to sign up at Cyclone Alert? That means a lot to me, guys. This is a great time, actually. I was telling people this is probably the, the second busiest week of the year that I've had here uh, between camps and officials and things like that. It's the last day for the 60% off sale. You know, we've hit a kind of an all-time high for subscribers, and I'd love to keep that going into the summer with more officials next week. And we're going to be rolling into fall camp soon as well. Well, it's good, Nick. I mean, you've uh, you hit the ground running. You had a couple of guys that um, you know did a really good job in front of you. Don't want to minimize their effort, but you've p- taken uh, picked up that ball and and continued on with your coverage. Uh, and I think there's a lot of Cyclone fans that uh, realize uh, that you're doing a terrific job. So hopefully they will indeed support you. As Nick said, today is the last day for that uh, for that sixty percent off. Nick, did I hear you say? 
Absolutely, yes, sir. 60% off. Well, let's get into uh, your work from over the weekend. Before we get into the recruiting aspect of it, uh, another signee, another JUCO making his way to Ames. What can you tell us about him? Yeah, Alua Funto Akinshilo, uh, some people call him Funto for short. He is certainly the most impressive uh, JUCO signing that they've had this year. Uh, a flip from Boise State. Uh, he had not signed there. He had some SEC interest, uh, Big Ten interest, really talented. I would use the, the word versatile offensive lineman, about six four, six five, over 300 pounds. He can play interior, and he can really play on uh, the tackle position. That's a big thing that the Cyclones liked about him. And, yeah, I expect him to, you know, be involved and, and with the team very soon and expect him to certainly be at least in the ones and twos line, if not getting some starting reps in fall camp. It's a really good pickup from the JUCO level. So with him, a late signee, obviously, he's going to be coming in very quickly. You have to anticipate he's going to be getting ready to make it a go with Iowa State. Did he have to finish up his coursework in JUCO and and officially graduate with that two-year degree before he's eligible? Is that why he's been on the market this long? I believe so. I believe that's uh, what one of my, my colleagues that spoke with him a little earlier had reported. And the reason that he was able to still be recruited, you know, by Iowa State and these other schools. Like you mentioned, a late signee. He had not signed his letter of intent, so that was all still, you know, totally clear. And and I think that he was really impressed on the official visit here. He's all set with his academics. And yeah, like I said, this is this is a guy that you know the team and the staff are really excited about. I know that he's kind of already started talking with and speaking with some of the other new commits and offensive linemen and. I expect him to make an impact this season, honestly. So uh, Mississippi State was the SEC interest that you mentioned. Did I see Indiana for uh, the Big Ten interest? Of course, he was going to go to Boise State until uh, Iowa State uh, got him to commit. Who were some of those schools, Nick? Yeah, exactly that. Uh, you know, Mississippi State made a really good push as well. He took an official there and seemed to like it. But I think that he really bonded with the offensive line coach here, uh, Coach Myers, and obviously – Coach Campbell, he was really high on him. and I mean, you guys are obviously familiar with Coach Campbell. When he's really locked in with you, you know, he makes you feel kind of like you're more than just a player and kind of the centerpiece to what could be obviously a big run, at least on the offensive line, which is an area, as we've said on this show, that needs to be a little more consistent. I think he realized what he could do with the Cyclones, and it's a really good get, especially this late, you know, kind of into the summer, like you mentioned. So last week, of course, the big news, Kai Black, love to get your thoughts on him. Mm-hmm. Urbandale wide receiver, 6'4", 205, had Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin amongst his finalists, had an offer from Oklahoma State. Your thoughts on Kai Black and a big dude, a track dude that's got some speed, how quickly he'll be able to fit in. Still got another year of high school in front of him, but what that commitment means for Iowa State. Yeah, we really blew this one up on, on Cyclone Alert just because it's one of the bigger commitments that they have had this year, you know, kind of like a J.J. Cole. And I think he brings so much, truly, not only on the field, but off the field. He's someone that I've, you know, really gotten to know throughout this process. You won't meet too many 16, 17-year-olds with, you know, kind of the, the priorities in line like he has, the work ethic. I think he's going to step in and be a leader right away. Uh, with Cole, like I mentioned, he's a guy that'll lead by example. And on the field, he, he's big, he's versatile. You can put him on the line, you can put him outside. Really good hands and great body control for his age. 
that speed and footwork will continue to develop as well. Like you said, it's already, you know, a good thing for what he's done. And it's a really good commitment, like you mentioned, over some of those other schools that were indeed pushing hard, including Iowa and Wisconsin. Ty Black is a very good pickup, and I think he's already been able to establish some chemistry with Cole and the seven-on-seven fronts being teammates and, you know, developing a friendship there. So that was a major win for the Cyclones last week. I've heard some people say that if he continues to fill out physically, that this might be a guy destined to go in line and become a tight end or or kind of that flex position that we see more and more tight ends kind of be. Can you see that out of Kai Black, or you think he's strictly a wide receiver? Yeah, the flex position potentially, but I, I've really spoken with him at length, and I don't think that you know he would have been as involved in in Iowa State or some of these other schools if he felt like that was a major possibility because mm-hmm. I know that he feels that he is a big wide out. He wants to kind of follow in those those shoes of like an Xavier Hutchinson, Alan Lazard. So is, is it possible? Yes, and he's certainly got a, a guy with the right mindset to do whatever it takes for the team, but I certainly wouldn't expect that happening at this point. Mm. Uh, interesting. And speaking of expecting happening, what when can we expect to hear from Jamison Patton? Yeah, that was that was one of the top names that was here in town, you know, along with Blake Purchase and, and a couple other guys. I still think that Iowa State is in the lead. And I've heard a few different things about, you know, when, when you can expect. We, we spoke a lot throughout his process, and it seemed like it was going to be later in the summer and then July. But now it seems like it, it could be probably in the next two to three weeks. I'd say four weeks at most. But, you know, I expect him – to likely end up as a Cyclone. I think they've done a really good job there, and you know he seemed to really enjoy his time on the official visit as well. Is Nebraska involved? He is set to take an official visit uh, there, but I would not you know, okay. really peg them as, as a school he's really, really considering. I, I think he'll stay in-state, whatever his decision is for sure. Well, had their big first recruiting uh, weekend this past weekend. Big news that came out of there. What's a couple of nuggets here for our listeners of what came out of the weekend and what we look forward to here? June, always a big time for football recruiting. Yeah, I mentioned Patton. I think that another in-state uh, player that Iowa State did a really nice job with this weekend was linebacker Cooper Ebel, another guy that's really been Iowa versus Iowa State. Uh, Colorado linebacker Hayden Moore, we spoke at length yesterday, very high on Iowa State. I think that if he were to pick a school right now, I think it would be the Cyclones. He may visit Michigan. He's a guy that's blown up with Michigan, recently got offered from Iowa. And then I actually put in a crystal ball for one of the biggest names in this class, certainly for Iowa State, uh, Blake Purchase. Obviously, his brother plays cornerback for Iowa State. Purchase has been high on the Cyclones for a while. I just feel like what they've done with Coach Campbell, defensive line coach Eli Rashid, and kind of his relationship, not only with his brother, but forming with some of these players on the team. He'd have a set role in the defense. And this is a legit four-star edge prospect. He told me he still plans to take his visit to Oregon. But I think right now, I would put Iowa State in the driver's seat for Blake Purchase, a mm. four-star recruit. Uh, so what's coming up this weekend, Nick? Yeah, so, you know, kind of the same. They're running right. it back with uh, with an official visit, a lot of kind of key prospects, defensive lineman Elanius Davis, who I've mentioned on here, Josh Manning, a four-star wideout. Uh, really a big weekend for some edge prospects as well, Jordan Allen, uh, Sam Samay from Kansas, and then 
two more two more um, days of camp this week as well with some of those younger prospects that we've been able to see. And, you know, that's been cool to see some of these new guys get offered. I'm not sure if you guys saw, but Brent Purvey's son was yeah, offered at that, Iowa yeah. State camp last week. Uh, and he's going to – I mean, Dad was defensive lineman. He's What position does he play? He's, uh, he's not as big as is his old man, is he? He's got, you know, similar in height. Is but he? He's, he's a little, I would say, leaner and, and more cut is probably how I would put yeah. that. Uh, he's, he's played some edge, but I think he'll really, you know, get to play in college and, and make some money potentially in the pros down the line as a tight end. I mean, he's only yeah. going to be – a sophomore, and he's already getting an offer. He was clearly the best player at camp that day. So it was really, really impressive to see what he did. And, and this camp experience has been really cool, guys, because that's something that I'm new to. So just hmm. to be around the staff and the players and to see these kids, you know, kind of have some of their dreams come true right in front of your eyes is pretty incredible. Hmm. The uh, Pops could play, no doubt about it. He had a, he had a very a fine career at Iowa State, Brent Curvey. Uh, good stuff, Nick Olson. 60% off sale. It ends today. Just go to CycloneAlert.com, Nick. Absolutely. CycloneAlert.com. Join in the top right corner, and it'll show you the promos that we've got. 60% off until midnight. It's just about 350 a month, so I would say it's certainly worth it if you like your Cyclone. Good stuff, Nick. We'll talk to you in a week. Thank you. Thank you, guys. See you then. Yep, take care. Nick Olson uh, covers Iowa State, and as uh, Nick mentioned, busy weekend and another busy weekend uh, coming up. All right, 1045, we'll take a timeout. Jerry Crawford joins the program next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Murph and Andy sent you. Yeah, that's limp on. <laughs> Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Working on Jerry Crawford. May have to reschedule if it doesn't work out. Uh, we will uh, try uh, try and try again. If first, you don't succeed, right? Uh, so anyways, yeah, but it was pretty, must have been quite a thrill for them. They've invested yes. a lot of money over the years to try and win one of these races. And to, to do it in the fashion that they did where you're not... Your heart's not in your throat. Are you gonna? Is he gonna get past? Is he gonna? You know, is he gonna tire? Someone's gonna get to him. It was over at the top of the stretch. You just you've seen so many races. You just know, and you knew on that one, right? Well, he's a closer, and he took the lead, turning for home, and he was in full flight. And the rest of the field was kind of spinning their wheels, and he uh, just you know held to sway uh, as they came down to the line. The guy that is in partnership with Crawford. Um, who bought into this horse? Guy by the name of Mike Rapoli. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Vitamin Water? Yes. What's the other one? Um, oh, Kobe Bryant and him were part of it. Body Armor. Oh, okay, yeah. So he sold these two. This is a guy that grew. I mean, he's just a well. He was not any longer. He was just a common dude, right? Mm-hmm. Snuck into the track as a kid. Grew up right across the street, essentially. Um, you know, kind of like my story, only he's successful and I'm working with you. Wow, thanks. <laughs> um, but he sold vitamin water to Coke for $4 billion. Mm, all right. Followed that up by uh, by inventing body armor, which he sold for $6 billion or something Jeez. like that. I mean, can you imagine? So what, what's, what's vitamin drinking. water? Right? Don't, with vitamin water, you, you know, pour a glass of water and you take a little eyedropper of, mm-hmm. I don't know, vitamin C and put it in. I thought, you know, this is a really good idea. Let, let's uh, produce this in mass. 
Well, you remember vitamin water? It was a craze for a while. Well, and vitamin water is, I mean, it's like Gatorade, right? Kind of. Yeah. I thought I was doing myself a huge favor by drinking it. Oh, you did? Yes. And then I finally- You were duped. Yeah. And then I finally looked at the label. It's all sugar. Of course. Yeah, it gets plenty of sugar in your system for the day. Which is not good. No. If you're right on the borderline. Um, now you get vitamin water zero that doesn't have the sugar in it. Well, and a, but it's Then it doesn't taste as good. Doesn't, but anyways, this, this cat just, uh, uh, Mike Rapoli's his name, quite, quite a story. Anyways, uh, so if we get Jerry great, if not, uh, well, there's always next year. And again, the race, it's great. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's not the derby. And that's what it's ultimately and all about. And that's what it's all about. Because, you know, I, I wonder what kind of buzz there'd be about it, what we'd hear kind of over the weekend leading into well, today. Well, there was more buzz uh, leading into it than there normally would have been when there wasn't a Triple Crown on the line because mm-hmm. of this Rich Strike story. Yep. You know, the long shot that won the Derby. He finished sixth out of eight, by the way. I mean, he never was in contention at all. It was a, I mean, we'll look back at Rich Strike as just what it was, right? One of the greatest upsets in yes. Derby history. Yes, um, probably so. Uh, there's a lot of folks that are, you know, kicking him while he's down. Mm-hmm. I'm not willing to go there yet. I, I want to see him, you know, live to fight another day. Right. It was remarkable. The story was remarkable for the, for the, um, you know, the, the shelf life that it had. But um, and for those of us who actually cashed a ticket and I backed into it, I'm not going to tell you that I handicap Ridge Strike. I hit the all button. Um, but anyway, and I didn't bet Mo Donegal on Saturday. You did? No, I didn't. He was a favorite. He was five to two. Yeah, he was the favorite, and I just wasn't going to um, take a chance on on the favorite in the race because I didn't love anybody. And the try paid off pretty well, huh? What did it pay? I don't even know. Uh, One eighty-seven fifty. That's what it was. Yeah, in a eight horse field. Yeah, even with the favorite winning, right? It's well, not bad. No, with the, with the here's the thing about those big races: the the pools are there's going to be interest, and mm-hmm. people are going to bet into them, uh, and they they clearly did. So horse racing for me is over, but the Breeders' Cup. So. You got to explain that to me because I, I just, you've talked about it. I've heard talk about it. I listened to like the bear, Chris Felica. Yeah, he's into it. He, he's a huge horse yeah. racing guy. Chris Andrews, he's told me mm-hmm. that's his favorite weekend of horse racing. The Breeders' Cup. So to explain it because well, I just don't come get from it. all over the world. Okay. Yeah, there's the best in Europe, the best in France. Um, and do we Japan. get, do we get horses also that are older that we yeah. maybe remember? No, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. The, this is the, the, the biggest race is, is for older horses. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can still be three and race in it, but yeah, this is, it, it's, um, it's a big betting weekend at what it is. It's a Friday and a Saturday event. So, um, Crawford is calling my cell phone. Do we even have time to call, to call him? <laughs> no, we got like four minutes. All right. Why don't you get him on okay. the line? I'm just going to tell him, Jerry, hang up. We're calling you right back. Bye. So we'll get Crawford for two or three minutes here. Um, yeah, coming up in the second hour of the program, we're going to start with uh, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. He will join us, talk a little baseball with our buddy Matt Snyder and Scott Dark. And we talked a lot of recruiting with Nick Olson on Iowa State a second ago. Uh, that was um, good for Iowa State. I, I thought that uh, the Doc's article uh, at The Athletic uh, was outstanding uh, with uh, four or five high school coaches that have – uh, been in the business for our, for all over 20 years, and hi, uh, how Iowa and Iowa State uh, are going about it. All right, Jerry Crawford from Donegal Racing, he joins us. Uh, Jerry, we got like three minutes left. How are you? Kenny, I'm sorry for the delay. There was some unavoidable 
complications that people will understand as the day goes forward. Oh, oh um, interesting. But, but, but anyway, nothing that we have to worry about on this call. So, good stuff. Well, I look forward to reading the uh, the trades about, uh, about um, you know, whatever that news is going to be. So, Jerry, as I, as I explained to the audience, um, this this had to be quite, A, it was a thrill for you because you won the Belmont Stakes, but the fashion that you wanted, I mean, turning for home, there was no drama. It was how far is he going to win <laughs> by, essentially, right? Exactly right. And you know, what a delicious feeling to know you've got it in hand and you get to enjoy that stretch run um, with nothing but confidence. And, right. of course, you keep glancing backward, right, yeah. to see if anybody is coming and nobody was coming and he was accelerating and good Lord, what a moment. Already looking forward, though. Sorry to put this one in the back room mirror already because we know what the crown jewel is, and that's the Kentucky Derby. What's in the stable? What are you looking forward to? You got something in the – already looking forward to 2023. We you know, we have several that we're pretty high on. We have a, a good magic colt. We have an arrogate colt. Um, we ha- I was just talking with uh, Todd Pletcher this morning about an end of mischief colt we have. So you, you never know until you know, um, but we we won't be firing blanks, I don't think. Well, that's great. Uh, but, Jerry, the, the race itself, um, you know, I, I'm glad they had as much time on the winner's podium. By the way, was that George Cataldo in the side of the shot, uh, Glen Oaks, an Iowa guy? Was Cataldo was. on the stage? That's what I thought. It, it was. I, I waved him over to join us. You know, George lost a son a couple, three weeks ago, and, uh, you know, that's, when you can put a smile on people's faces uh, with horse racing uh, that helps them forget their day-to-day woes, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. And I was thrilled that George was in the picture. Yeah, absolutely. Jerry, we got like 30 seconds left. How would, how would you sum up that day for you and your group? Well, we had over 200 people there. Uh, as you may recall, we had over 300 yeah. at the Derby. Um, and it's, it's just joyous. Um, we've been at this a long time. People have uh been very supportive and believed in the program and uh, no reason to no reason to change it up at this point no and as you said it just goes to show you that uh, you don't have to be multi-millionaires to get involved uh, at the level in the way donegal racing does things jerry congratulations seriously i uh, look forward to the news that's going to come out later on whatever it may be jerry crawford thank you jerry thanks guys appreciate yep. it good to hear from you jerry crawford uh, the face of uh, Donegal Racing again, uh, their three-year-old Mo Donegal, who was one of the favorites in the Kentucky Derby, finished fifth. He broke through on Saturday in a big way, captured the Belmont Stakes. Matt Snyder on baseball, Scott Dockerman from the Athletic, Trent's Plays of the Day, Circus Sports Sponsors. Hour two coming up, Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.